Hey guys, welcome back to Bailey's Bleacher. It has been a while, so we have a lot to cover. Stay tuned. So college football playoffs in here and these bowl games have been so exciting to say the least. Um, so let's get into a few of these games. So on December 29th, number nine Missouri beat number seven Ohio State 14 to three. Um, in the Goodyear Combo Classic, uh, this was the Buckeyes' lowest scoring game under head coach Ryan Day, um, and this was also Mizzou's first bowl game win in nine years. So you have Jaden Fielding hit a 44-yard field goal in the first quarter for Ohio State, and that was it. Um, that was all they did on offense for the entirety of the game. Um, then Missouri didn't put any points up on the board until the fourth quarter, so it's 3-0 all the way up until the fourth. Very low scoring game. Um, and then Cody Schrader had a seven yard run right at the beginning of the fourth for a touchdown. And then with five minutes left in the game, Luther Bird in the third caught a pass from Brady Cook in the end zone. Um, Schrader ended the game with 128 rushing yards and he broke the Missouri single season rushing record um, with 1,627 yards. Um, and he is also the national leader with 125.2 yards per game. So then on the 30th, um, number six, Georgia beat number five, Florida State, 63-3 um, in the Capital One Orange Bowl game, which is literally insane. Um, they became the first school with back-to-back -back bowl game wins by at least 40 points because last year they beat TCU 65-7. So uh, these bowl games seem to be where the Bulldogs just genuinely thrive. Um, Kendall Milton had 104 rushing yards with two touchdowns to lead Georgia. The Bulldogs uh, scored majority of their touchdowns in the second quarter as they had 35 of their 63 points in that time. Um, so what I love most about this game though was not just the score, it was watching um, Georgia's coordinator Will Muschamp. Um, he got to celebrate his son's um, first yard run during the game. Um, in the QB slot. So Jackson Muschamp had a 14-yard carry to get the first down in the fourth quarter, and just the excitement that his father showed was just awesome. Like, you could tell how proud he was. The team was hyping him up around him. So I think that was, obviously the win was great, but, like, that was kind of a cool experience, like, getting to coach your son and seeing him thrive, really, in the game. Um, then another game from the 30th was the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl, and that was between Toledo and Wyoming. Um, I believe that Barstool started sponsoring um, this bowl game in 2021, but don't quote me on it unless I'm right, because there's a good chance that I am, but there's also a really good chance that I'm not. Um, but this game was very low scoring, but it was also still exciting either way. Um, it ended up with Wyoming winning 16-15 to after a fourth quarter comeback. Um, they were down 6-15 to going into the fourth, and then they got a nice little like one-yard rushing touchdown, um, and then with one second on the clock, uh, John Hoyland hit a 24-yard field goal for the win. Now, the three games that I want to talk about the most are coming up, but let's talk about the other games that ended up happening on January 1st. So, number 13, LSU beat Wisconsin in the Relia Quest Bowl 35-31, which I feel like was expected um, but that's at least my thoughts on it. I don't know what anyone else was thinking, but you have 13 ranked versus unranked. You know what I mean? Um, so LSU came back in the second and third quarter, actually, after being down by 14. Um, LSU recorded five sacks on defense, with three of them being three plays in a row, which is pretty cool. Um, and then quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer threw for 395 yards to get that win. 
Um, then number 21, Tennessee dominated number 17, Iowa, 35-0 in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Some of the highlights from this game included James Pierce Jr.'s 52-yard pick six. Um, quarterback Nico Ameliava passed for 152 yards, and then Dylan Sampson had 133 rushing yards. So Iowa didn't really have any stats to put out there because they literally did not score. Now, the three games that I want to talk about include the Oregon Liberty game, the Alabama-Michigan game, and then the Texas-Washington game. Um, so for me, I've been an Oregon fan since I was a child. I have no idea why, but that's always been my number one team, no matter what sport it is. Um, then Michigan actually became like a love of mine like four years ago, I would say, but actually because of their hockey team. And then that kind of ended up pouring over into their football team after that. Um, and then with the Washington game, it's always a good game to watch, but I'm not really a fan of them. But anyway, so Oregon, number eight, Oregon beat number 23, Liberty 45 to six in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl game. Um, my boy Bo Nix uh, threw for five touchdown passes in his final career game as a duck. Um, so he threw for 363 yards and broke the single season pass completion percentage record with 77.44% completions. Um, he also set the Oregon single season passing touchdown record with 43 touchdown passes. He holds the most starts ever in FBS history with 61 and is in the seventh of all time completions and the sixth of all time passing yards. He also received the Offensive MVP award for the bowl game. Um, but moving on from Knicks, I could talk about him all day. <laughs> but Tez Johnson had 11 catches, 172 yards, and a touchdown, making him the Ducks' single-season record holder for receptions. Um, then Bucky Irving rushed for 117 yards with one touchdown as well. Jeffrey Bossa led the Ducks' defense with eight tackles while also receiving the Defensive MVP award for the game. Um, Irving Bossa and Johnson will all be returning next season as they head into their senior year. Um, and then I think Oregon is going to be another playoff contender next year. You heard it here first. Well, maybe not first, but at least first on my show. You heard it here. Um, so then after the Oregon game, I was thriving. I was like, oh my God, Oregon. Yes, we love it. So then number one, Michigan starts playing and they beat number four, Alabama, 27 to 20 in the CFP semifinal Rose Bowl game. Now this game was interesting because Michigan actually had a lot of mishaps right in the first half of the game. So the game started off with a rushing touchdown from Alabama, followed by a Michigan touchdown pass from JJ McCarthy to Blake Corum. Um, but before all that, McCarthy had an interception that was actually turned into an incomplete pass. They ruled it incomplete after watching the replay, but then he had another incomplete pass. And he just, like, he looked off, at least to me. I've heard from other people, like, they thought it was fine, whatever. But I don't know. He didn't look nervous, but he just looked off. Um, this forced a punt for Michigan on that drive. Um, but Michigan's defense picked it up, and then they forced a punt after having two sacks, which was great. However, on one of the punt returns, Samaj Morgan fumbled the ball, and Alabama recovered it. And then four plays later, Bama scored a touchdown. Now, I don't really know what Michigan was thinking. Um, this was only Morgan's third punt return attempt. Um, and yeah, he had a good one in the past, um, whatever. But he's a freshman. You put him in a critical position in a bowl game that will literally determine if you're going to the championship or not. 
it was stressful to say the least. Obviously, I don't know what goes on at practice. Like, maybe he was doing really great punt returns at practice, but, like, you can literally watch. He goes to catch the ball, and he just takes his eyes off of it, slips through his fingers, and then Bama recovers it. Um, then after that, Michigan had a 75-yard drive um, for their first touchdown that I mentioned earlier um, with McCarthy and McCorum. With McCarthy and Corum, sorry. Um, it remained 7-7 until three and a half minutes left in the second um, as McCarthy had a 38-yard pass to Tyler Moore, but then a botched snap um, on the extra point made the score stay 13-7 instead of 14-7. Um, so then right at the end of the half, Alabama's Will Reichard hit a 50-yard field goal to get them going into halftime, making it 13-10 in Michigan's favor. So then in the second half, there were four punts to start off the third quarter. Alabama's third drive of the quarter continued into the fourth quarter, and they also scored um, then 30 seconds in. Um, Jace McClellan had a three-yard run into the end zone. So then Michigan had another punting situation, followed by an Alabama. <laughs> so then Michigan had another punting situation, followed by an Alabama fumble and Michigan possession. Um, Michigan tried to capitalize on their recovery with a five-play drive. But with 4th and 10, they missed the 49-yard field goal attempt. So this opened up an opportunity for Bama, and they ended up hitting a 52-yard field goal, making it 20-13 Bama. And I just wanted to show this catch, even though it wasn't a touchdown, but Roman Wilson caught this pass that was actually tipped by the defense, and he just made a really nice catch on it midair. So then Michigan had this 8-play drive within that uh, play, um, and then they ended with a four-yard touchdown pass from McCarthy to Wilson again. So it was a great little drive for Wilson after he even had a little penalty during that entire drive. So he made up for it. Um, Michigan then forced a punt and then ran the clock out, forcing overtime with a 20-20 score. Um, on the second play of overtime, Corum had a 17-yard run into the end zone and James Turner made the extra point, making it 27-20. Then Michigan's defense took the rest of the game into their own hands and stopped Bama at the Michigan three-yard line on fourth and goal, and that was it. Um, it was such a nail-biter. It started out with a weird vibe for Michigan, in my opinion. I don't know. Other people said it was not weird, but I thought it was weird. Um, and they finally picked it up and ended up winning and continued their undefeated record. And this was just a sweet win for Michigan because... They have lost in the semifinals the past two years, and they're finally going to that championship game, so it's pretty exciting. Um, McCarthy ended up with the Offensive MVP award for the game as he had 221 passing yards with three touchdowns. Mason Graham received the Defensive MVP award after only having four tackles, but his tackles were, from, were some of the most important in the entire game, including the tackle in overtime that gave Bama a five-yard loss and third and 14. So Corum then ended his career as a Wolverine with 56 career touchdowns, which is a new Michigan record. Um, and he also holds the single season record for the most points scored. Um, there was actually a little controversy on like Twitter, Instagram, whatever, um, on if McCarthy or Corum should have gotten the offensive MVP award, but both equally contributed to the win. But without McCarthy, Corum wouldn't have any stats. So in my opinion, it goes to McCarthy. It usually goes to the quarterback, I feel like, anyway, in that situation. So Michigan game over. And then we finally have number two, Washington versus number three, Texas in the All-State Super Bowl. And I'm going to be honest, I only watched part of this game. I went to sleep shortly after the game started. Um, but the Huskies beat the Longhorns 37-30. Uh, 
Michael Penix Jr. Uh, passed for 430 yards and two touchdowns, and then Dylan Johnson rushed for 24 yards with two touchdowns. Roma Dunze had a 20, 125 receiving yards, and then Jalen Polk had 122 receiving yards with one touchdown. Eddie Ulfoshi um, led the defense with seven tackles. Um, so Washington opened up with the scoring um, with a touchdown from Johnson, and then Texas followed with a five-yard run from Jadon Blue. Um, the next two drives were both punts, and then Washington got the ball ending the first quarter. Um, early in the second, Johnson had a one-yard run for a touchdown after a nine-play drive. Um, Washington then forced a punt, but there was a fumble on the return, so the Longhorns were able to recover, and they got a touchdown in a three-play drive. Um, then later in the quarter, Penix threw a 29-yard touchdown pass to Polk, and Texas followed with a 10-play drive for a touchdown, tying the game at 21 to end the first half. So, then the second half opened up right with a Huskies touchdown um, with a 19-yard pass to Jalen McMillan. Um, then during the Longhorn drive, Braylon Trice forced a fumble and the Huskies got into field goal position. Uh, Grady Gross hit the 26-yarder, and then during the Longhorn's next drive, Washington forced a punt. Um, the Huskies got into field goal range again, and then Gross hit a 40-yarder, making it 34-21. to So they have a little lead going, right? Then 10 plays into the fourth quarter, a one-yard Texas touchdown pass happened, but Washington followed up with another field goal on literally the next drive. So the Longhorns then answered with a field goal of their own, and the score was 37-31 to with the clock winding down. Washington ended up having to punt after a few penalties on their drive, and the game ended with Washington's Elijah Jackson swatting a fourth down pass in the end zone intended for a Texas receiver. So that was also a pretty cool way to end that game. Um, Penix was offered uh, the offensive MVP award for his performance at quarterback, and then Trice was awarded with the defensive MVP after five tackles, two sacks, and then three of those tackles were actually for a loss of yards, so very deserving for both of them. Odunze set the single season uh, receiving yards record with 1,455 yards. Um, this game continued the Huskies' undefeated record and placed them in the CFB Playoff National Championship with Michigan. Um, this is also their first time in program history being in this championship, so that's also very exciting. So, now we have number one undefeated Michigan going up against the number two undefeated Washington. Um, two undefeated football powerhouses, um, so let's compare the two real quick. So Washington is number one in the Pac-12 um, and is averaging 37.6 points per game. Um, they have 4,900 passing yards and 1,730 rushing yards on offense this season. Um, quarterback Penix is throwing at a 66.7 completion percentage. And then he has Udunze with 1,553 receiving yards. So you have quite the duo right there. He also has Johnson uh, rushing for 1,162 yards on the season. Dominique Hampton also has 93 tackles on the season with Olfoscio following with 90. And so the defense then also has 21 sacks combined. So good offense, good defense, right? Then Michigan is number one in the Big Ten and is averaging 36 points per game. They have 3,065 passing yards, and then they have 2,233 rushing yards on offense this season. Um, quarterback McCarthy is throwing at a 73.2 completion percentage, and he has Wilson with 735 receiving yards, and then Corum rushing for 1,111 yards on the season. Again, strong offense, right? Then 
Jr. Colson has 89 tackles on the season, and the defense has 39 sacks combined, which is quite high. Um, so you have two teams with very similar numbers, and if the numbers aren't similar, it's because they're making up for them in different um, aspects of the game, right? So each team has been playing in a very competitive league, and I feel like if you break down every single stat on a sheet of paper, it's kind of hard to pick a clear winner, right? Like Washington is leading in passing yards, but then Michigan is dominating in rushing yards. Kind of cancels each other out, right? Um, but these teams just have different strengths. Um, and both defenses then are super powerful, and I feel like, honestly, you can say that this is anyone's game. But <laughs> I will be putting my money on Michigan. Um, I just think the McCarthy and Corum duo is going to outscore Penix and Udunze. I could be wrong, obviously, but that's just what I'm feeling. Um, so it'll definitely be an interesting game to watch tonight, and I think it's going to be super exciting, and it's probably going to be a nail-biter. <laughs> So now let's get into some quick notes um, before the end of the show. So Georgia's senior class is graduating with a 50-4 and four record. That's the most wins in a four-year time span in college football. And then Iowa's Tory Taylor broke the record for the most punt yards in a season. The previous record was set for 85 years, um, so not really a great record to hold, but it was 4,479 yards in 93 punts. Hey, but at least you're going down in the record book, right? Um, then Oregon's Bo Nix had the most accurate season ever by a college quarterback. Duh. <laughs> then Washington's Michael Penix Jr. has thrown for 4,600 plus yards for two years straight. That's all I have for quick notes. That's all I have today for Bailey's Bleacher. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show, and I will be back very soon with my thoughts on the Michigan-Washington game that is happening in a few hours from now. Go Wolverines, right? <laughs>